Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Technology has enabled us to accomplish all sorts of things that we never thought possible. And it's not only world-renowned experts in labs up east or in Silicon Valley that are accomplishing these feats. Scientists and engineers right here in South Louisiana are creating amazing technologies and products and building successful businesses around them. Craig Billings is co-owner of Acadian Robotics, a nearly five-year-old company that is Louisiana's only manufacturer of 3D printers. 3D printing is the biggest thing since the Industrial Revolution, and Acadian Robotics is helping to revolutionize the educational system right here in Louisiana. Craig and his partner built their first 3D printer in 2012, and since then they've discovered a market for their printers in schools and library systems and are placing them in parishes throughout South Louisiana. Their goal is to put a 3D printer in every school, library, and museum in the state. Craig, that is a lofty goal. We look forward to hearing about how you plan to accomplish it. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So tell me, a lot of people brag about having 3D printers and using 3D printers. You all actually make them and sell them, either as kits or already assembled to customers, so that they can make their own. How hard is it to, to make a 3D printer? Well, I mean, we've gotten used to it after a few <laughs> years now, so it's not really difficult for us. The, the hard process was the first one, and then sure. taking that product and making it many, many times uh, the same over and over. So I, tell me what a 3D printer really is, because I always get the impression that it's something of a misnomer. I mean, is 3D printers not really printing something? Correct. Basically, it's a prototype machine that makes prototypes of molds or custom objects. So a 3D printer, you have to have a 3D model. So mm -hmm. you have to have a computerized model that has uh, X, Y, Z coordinates, we call it. And you take that, that model and you put it in another program that uh, interfaces with the 3D printer and it converts it over to a, a code. And the 3D printer takes that code, reads it, and creates your model. So if you have an idea right. and you want to make something, the 3D printer is a way to do it and it makes it's the process to make your idea come to life. Now, when you all built your first one, you were doing it to make something with, right? Yeah, when we, we first started, we didn't really want to manufacture 3D printers. What happened is I just saw a 3D printer, and, uh, and I kind of leaned over to Rob. We were working in an engineering firm at the time, and I said, I got to get me one of these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get to make whatever I, I draw on the, the computer. Sure. I was in 3D modeling. And uh, he said, oh, before you go spend $10,000 on a 3D printer or how much ever, let me build you one. And so he talked me into it and he said, I can save you $1,000. So Many times over that, you know, we had our first 3D printer, and then we realized we, we actually made something that we could sell, not just use. Did it cost less than 10000 To build it, it did. It, it cost, did. So it you still got a bargain out I of it. I did. And, and so along the way, you all realized that there was a market to actually manufacture these things. Correct. We realized that we were the only ones in the state at the time, and we still are that we know of, that actually manufactured 3D printers, and we know why, because it's pretty hard. 
Yeah, it's not. So, so what do you make with the 3D printers? Well, a lot of people are still using them for prototypes. That's the number one use around the world. Is uh, you want to make something, you need a prototype. Whether you have a concept, it's a lot cheaper than what it used to be. You know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, where you'd spend ninety thousand dollars on a prototype. Now you come to someone like us because we do prototype services as well. Or you buy a three D printer and you continue to make prototypes on your own for a lot less money. Mm -hmm. Prototypes for manufacturing, for engineering, anything. For so anything. you can use it in uh, architecture, engineering. Uh, Aircraft, uh, jewelry is a big one. People really? Are using, yeah, we, we actually did something local here. Uh, within the last couple of years, someone actually started a jewelry business. Mm -hmm. and came to us with an idea with just pictures, so we were able to draw that into a 3D model, print it out, and she sends those models off, those wax molds that we make from the printer, and they end up converting them over to metal. So when you business. say prototype, you mean like a mold? So like a mold for earrings, for instance? In, either in a mold or the we actually make the object, and so people can take that object and go get another mold made. So it's either whatever they want. Fantastic. So you don't have to have a 3D printer to be involved in 3D printing, but we would love to get everyone involved with a 3D printer. Would you use the 3D printer to actually manufacture on a, on a you know, mass basis or a bulk basis? No, or no 3D printers, the, the, the limitation to 3D printers is the time. It, it's it takes a long time to make something that really looks good because mm -hmm. of the process that's involved. So you can do small manufacturing runs that we tell people, you know, if you have, you want to make 12 or even 50 of something, it's perfect. But if you want to go to mass produce, you go to injection molding, which is within seconds. Injection molding. Correct. Gotcha. So, so how did this business evolve, Acadian Robotics? What, you know, the way it started out, like I said before, we just wanted to make a 3D printer for us, but once we started realizing that we can actually reproduce the printer over and over. We started kind of testing the market. Where is this good at? Well, Rob Perkins, who's also a <coughs> co-owner, co his wife, Bree Perkins, uh, retired from Essential Parish Schools. Mm -hmm. And when she saw us, well, what we created with the kit and the 3D printer, she said, the schools could really use this thing. We said, of course. So she kind of opened that door and said, let's focus on the education industry. And that's kind of where we really focus. Because there's basically three industries using them. And that's uh, the business industry, which is anyone from architect firms, uh, engineering firms, uh, artists, um, jewelry, the education world, which is library, museums, and schools, or hobbyists. Mm -hmm. And so those pretty much the three people using 3D printers. Now, you all decided that your market was going to be educational Correct. institutions. Why is that? Well, we saw that taking something like a 3D printer, I don't know if you've heard of STEM, but it's science, sure. technology, engineering, and math. And now it's STEAM, science, <laughs> technology, engineering, art, and math. Which we is everything schools should be teaching correct. anyway. So Basically, a 3D printer is steam in a box. Okay. You can do everything with it. And so it's a tool that schools use to do that. They produce, even in robotics clubs, they'll, they'll make things. The 3D printer itself is a robot, so a lot of the schools will buy our 3D printer kit in robotics and put them together, and they get to learn. They just build a fabrication robot, plus they get to turn around and use it. And so um, in other schools, they'll put them in the libraries and use them as what they call maker labs, and they let students come in there and design things in schools, different projects, art projects, uh, especially especially art, but it's huge in math and science. Yeah. So schools and libraries don't have a lot of money. How, how are they paying for this, and how much does it cost? Well, our standard 3D printer, just the assembled printer, is $1,550 for schools, $1,750. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. We, we tell everyone, you compare our printer to everyone else in the market, we're going to beat them in every way, especially because we're local. We provide tech support, which does not exist in the 3D printing world. Um, uh, but other schools that don't have the funds will get grants mm -hmm. and uh, get and get uh, private schools will get parents and different fundraisers to get them. And and then if an individual wanted to buy one, how much would it cost? Same? 
Yeah, pretty much. It's 1750 for our assembler. Our kits are uh, 1450. So, and we get individuals buy them just for different reasons. A lot of them would start home-based businesses. That's kind of what a 3D printer will do. Sure. It's a tool. We tell people it's a specialized tool that makes things. It's not a really a toy, so you don't just go walk across Walmart and, hey, let me grab this thing. Right, right, right. What, what do you have to put in the machine so that it will spit out this, these molds, basically? I mean, you Most don't just put an inkjet cartridge in Correct. Most 3D printers use plastic, <coughs> and it's almost like a weed eater string. It looks, it's a roll of plastic that feeds in uh, like, a, like a tube, and it squeezes down like a hot glue gun. Mm -hmm. It takes it and converts that plastic over in a really fine, like a 0.4 millimeter is what it comes out, so it's really tiny. And so there are a lot of more materials that are coming out now than just plastics, but a lot of them plastics. Um, wax. Can they do metal as well? Uh, there are 3D printers that can do metal, but they're very expensive, over uh, 500000 to $2 million, and they're more powder-based, so it's a different technology in itself. It's which, a totally different type. Correct. So we, this is pretty much a plastic printer. Yes, what we have right now, currently. And, and, you, and you just order the, the plastic online or something to well, s when yes. you run out? With our machine, um, you can pretty much order it plastic open source that anywhere. Our machine's even open source, it's not patented for a reason. We put them in schools, we want students in schools, upgrade it, do what you want with it. Sure. Just, you're not gonna violate a patent. Now, I've heard that, that these 3D printers can print anything, but like what about food? Somebody told us on this show not long ago that 3D printers could print food, and that's one I don't understand at all. It, it can, it, it's a specialized 3D printer. <laughs> if, uh, let's, just like a chef or a baker, I would say, they use syringes and different things to squirt the icing out. It's, you change the feeding system to do that. And, you okay. know, we have plans in the future to do many different things, and that may be one of them. So it can't really bake you a meal, for instance. Oh, no, no. Interesting. Uh, can a 3D printer make another 3D printer? Yes, we do that. No, you're kidding. We, we have a 3D printer that we rent <laughs> out, and half of it's actually 3D printed. Okay. It, it's actually called RepRap, reproducing itself machine. So, um, and people have done that, bought a 3D printer and want to make their own, and so they get to make parts for that 3D printer and build their own 3D printer. But it would spit them out in pieces, and Correct. then you have to assemble it, Correct. right? So what happened to the 3D printing revolution? I mean, it was all the big talk a couple of years ago. Are we still in the throes We're of it? We're still in it. Um, it, it. What you see is desktop, desktop 3D printing. Industrial 3D printing's been around for a long time, but the patents expired in around 2006, 2009. Mm -hmm. Difference patents started expiring, so you see this explosion of desktop 3D printers that you can now build, or we build, I would say, that fairly affordable and so it's still going on uh, it's still out there a lot more companies are starting to get involved the bigger names are starting to try to put 3d printers out but we still say we compete because we're the only local one and we give you tech support which is very much needed in 3d printing what's the size of your your shop how many people do you have working for? well we have uh we have four people that are technically on staff uh, we get people time time interns and volunteers that just want to learn but uh four we Four all the time, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And and where do y'all make your printers? We make them in Gonzales. We have a location. A warehouse, um, like? No, it's it's a pretty small office place just for us right now. But uh, this year, I think we're expecting to go and look for a warehouse. What about the the marketing? And you go out to the school systems, the educational institutions, cold call them or? Kinda. We uh we do a lot of events. <coughs> we look for STEM events. Like Kenilworth had one the uh, last few years. We do a lot of uh, different fairs, maker fairs that have to do with technology. Um, different schools a host of host events we do LaQ. I don't know if you've heard of that but what is LaQ? LaQ is a Louisiana Association of computer using uh, teachers okay. so they have a big event that they just did in December in New Orleans and so we do things like that where teachers go to schools go to to where we can put our name out and show who we are what we can do 
And um, that's kind of how we market. Now we are starting to partner up with different companies, uh, other local companies and companies kind of nationwide that can go out, they sell products, technology, and they're starting to get on board with us and use our machines to do it. Who else makes these machines nationwide, if no one locally? I mean, are you competing okay. against GE or no, not Samsung GE. It's, uh, or? Dell sells 3D printers. Dell, okay. Dell, they don't make them. HP sells 3D printers. They're, they're going to start making their own. Um, but we have companies like MakerBot is a, it's a big name. It's one of the biggest MakerBot. Name. MakerBot mm -hmm. is one of our main competitors. We still have the price. And we still, uh, like I said, tech support. We still offer more with our machine. We have a curriculum that we've developed with our machine. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you'll see, I think you'll see a lot more names. I think the, still the trick is, is that 3D printer is a very specialized product. It's an industrial machine that makes things. And that's pretty much what it is. Any, anyone trying to sell it other than that, um, I think they're gonna miss it. You know what I wonder, I mean, how, what does it really teach kids? I mean, if you have a middle school lab or, or even high schoolers, I mean, what are they really learning? I mean, it sounds great to say STEM or STEAM and everybody gets all excited about the buzzwords, but where's the real educational value in putting a 3D printer in a school? Well, along with our curriculum, mm -hmm. you can see that we, mm -hmm. with the projects that you can do. First of all, they learn 3D modeling, which is an, a okay, skill. Okay, so they learn 3D they modeling. They learn 3D That's modeling. You have to have Scope. 3D modeling to uh, do 3D print. So they're learning that. So that way they can go into the engineering world, architect mm -hmm. world or from school. And at an early age, there's a lot of free programs um, that you can download. Even on the website, we have a lot of free programs. Uh, but there are expensive programs that high schools have, like AutoCAD, which are engineering firms use. Sure. But um, robotics, mm -hmm. it's a big thing that 3D printers do. Uh, they teach kids about, especially if the ones with our kit, you learn a lot about electrical, electronics, the mechanics, um, how to put things together, bolts, just the smallest things of how to read manuals, how to follow instructions, just the simplest things. We also have things that we offer with that we're going to start selling, and we call them STEM kits. And it's we'll sell a, a package like a, a crab. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll 3D model a crab, and you go buy the little robot uh, case. The kids print it out with the printer. They put it together, and we have a lesson plan that goes with it. This is all the things you're going to learn in this, in this project. That's great. And so things like that. It's not just a 3D printer that we're going to be involved in, more the backbone of education to reinforce what you're going to get with this. Yeah, that's smart. It seems like that's sort of the key to, yeah, it is. The to really selling it. Who's designing your curriculum? Well, Bree Perkins has a master's in education and retired from Ascension Parish Schools, and she wrote the curriculum for Ascension Parish Schools. So she has an education background. Correct, and she wrote our curriculum. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking with Craig Billings of Acadian Robotics. Craig, I want to talk some more about your company, but I want to take a break for just a minute and kind of switch gears, move away from business to find out a little more about your personality with a few random questions that okay. can help us understand how you got to be where you are. So tell us, Craig, are you the kind of person who is up before the sun, or are you going to sleep when the sun is coming up? Or do you burn the candle at both ends? Pretty much burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> do you really? How many yes. hours of sleep a night do you get? Oh gosh, last night I actually had a 3D, 3D printer at my home, at my house, and I was 3D printing something. And so in my sleep, I'm listening to it, oh, so no. I can hear it. So at 3, I heard it making crazy sounds, so I had to jump up and go stop it. And so at 3 a.m., I was up, and I went ahead, and I think I got two hours of sleep after that. Wow, two hours. Was last that a good night. night for you? No, no, it was a terrible really. night. <laughs> Do you do volunteer work outside, out in the community? Um, I want to I start with more getting into schools and help mentorship. You know, time is pretty tough for what we're doing. Um, I did a lot of things before this with my church, Bethany. Okay. Different, but not associated with technology. And tell me, last, who had the greatest influence on your career and your career path? Oh wow, that's a tough question. Uh, I don't know. I guess 
a lot of people probably say this, but Steve Jobs, I guess just the way he took something and made people want it. Yeah. And that's really cool. I mean, just the innovation and the idea, the personality he had just to be able to say, you need this. Are you a jerk like him? Oh, no, no. I hope not. <laughs> you don't seem to <laughs> I be. I hope not. <laughs> He was really kind of awful. Yeah, I mean, he was. From, yeah. from the Walter Isaacson biography, Take that away not very you. flattering. Right. Yeah. I'll be careful not But to. I guess he was inspirational. Yeah, he is. I mean, you have to give him credit for what he's done. But when you, before you were doing this, you didn't envision yourself as an entrepreneur starting a company, or was oh, that no. always your goal? Well, honestly, yeah, I've always wanted to do something different rather than just wake up, go punch a card, punch out, and Me you know, too. You retire. I'm well, why do the same thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's, but it's challenging. Um, Tell me, why do you think there aren't other companies in Louisiana that are doing this? Is 3D it just, printing? Yeah. It's very difficult. I mean, you have a machine that has to have the tolerance of a thousandth of an inch, and you have to re reproduce it over and over and over with consistent consistency. You have to know where to get your parts. You have to know how to build it, first of all, have the skills. Uh, my partner, Rob Perkins, actually has a background in working on aircraft in, in the Navy, and I, were, I had experience in electric electrical and electronics, working with Bethany Church and lighting, doing a lighting okay. system. So we had a lot of different things like that that helped us kind of form together just a certain skill set mm -hmm. that you have to have to do things like this. Did you have to get a patent, for instance, for your 3D we, printer? No, we didn't for a few reasons. Number one, because most patents expired. You, you can't get a utility patent unless you actually do a new util design. I see. Or not design. I think we still could. First of all, the, the patent process is kind of crazy itself. It's an expensive process. We mm -hmm. decided not to even go that route. Um, with this printer and besides it's pretty easy to go around a patent and people can do it really yeah so you could make this though for other i mean you could sell your printer to bigger manufacturers or bigger companies we could like uh what was the name of the one you mentioned uh, well stratasys right make makerbot make yeah, yeah. yeah and stratasys they bo actually bought makerbot we could we our machine is pretty much unique there's not many machines like it as a matter of fact i don't think it we found one like ours, the way it's designed. We did that for us, mainly. Sure. But we didn't realize that uh, we were so unique yeah. in the design. You, you don't worry about somebody stealing your design? No. No? I don't. Why is that? Well, in order to, to steal it and to actually accomplish doing that, you have to have the machinery to build a 3D printer. We have CNC machines, which is kind of like a 3D printer, except it's a machine that cuts. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been out for a long time now. Um, so you cut. We cut our parts out with CNC machines, so you have to have that. You have to have table saws that we use to cut our things out. You have to have all the tools to, to create the electronics. You have to write software in order for the electronics to work. So it's quite a lot of things, and we don't let our software, which is called firmware, no one has it. Nobody has it, it. so it's proprietary. Did you have to trademark nope. that or, nope, or anything? No, no one has it. Interesting. Yep. And you can't get Do it. Do you see a consumer boom coming for 3D printing? To a degree. Um, in order to have a 3D printer, you have to have a reason to have one. Mm -hmm. So if you have a reason to have one, sure. Um, I know a lot of people ask us, all I see is people making trinkets with a 3D printer. I was like, that's because they're only making trinkets <laughs> with a 3D printer. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a tool. You put, you put a pencil in the hand of an architect, you get, a, you get building plans. You put a paintbrush in the hand of, a, of an artist, you get a masterpiece. You put a 3D printer in the hand of someone and decide to use it, you'll get what they want to use it for. Mm-hmm. What would be an application, say, for like, for like my business, communications, uh, publishing? Is there anything that a 3D printer could do for the Baton Rouge Business Report? Um, I guess if you guys wanted to do marketing materials and print things out, you know, like schools do. Um, they'll, we tell schools all the time, you know, in order to get funds for it, you can actually buy the printer and print things out and hold fundraisers and sell those printed parts that you make and make, your money, make the money back and pay for itself. And a lot of schools are doing that. 
Um, so I guess that's something you could do if you wanted to try it, marketing yeah. material. Because we actually do that. We'll, we'll print out a lot of things when we do um, events and hand out a lot of 3D print objects so people can take it back and say, look what we found, look what this can do. But there's no reason to really have one in your home, as you said. No, I, mean, I do, but I have a reason <laughs> to have one in my sure. home. <laughs> but we don't just see them in somebody's home. Right. How has the capital region ecosystem been for the development of your business? You know, we talk to people a lot of times about how hard it is to, to get started. Uh, some people have done great here, right. really. Um, how has it been for you all? Uh, you know, it r really hasn't affected us because we really focus on education market. And so we don't really typically market like you see, where you hear ads on the radio or you see television ads about us and stuff like that, or leaving flowers on cars. We go to events where we, we know we're going to make big contacts in mm -hmm. the education world. So it really hasn't affected us. But are you us. dealing like with parish school systems? We are. In some, some school systems we set up as vendors in districts, and that's a big thing that we're Is doing. there a political component to that? I mean, do you have to know the right people? or? You can. It would, wouldn't <laughs> hurt. We don't, but it wouldn't hurt to know them. You haven't had trouble getting in the door, though? Um, in, in Baton Rouge, honestly, yes. I can believe that. In a, pri in a public school. Sure. But sure. private schools, not an issue. Okay. But public schools do have them, but and there, you know, there's a thing with a small business when you're, especially with a high-tech machine like this. Mm -hmm. People don't know you; they don't know your name. Do they take a chance? And uh, some have, some some don't. So, how many school systems are y'all in now? Oh wow, probably seven or eight parishes: uh, West Baton Rouge, Iberville, Lafayette, uh, some in New Orleans. Uh, we have some not in a parish here, but private schools, not public schools, private uh, Ascension, just around the state. Who would you like to meet who could help you get in the door that maybe hasn't well, met with you Well, the biggest thing we found is that uh, companies like Dow, Exxon, BASF do a lot of things with uh, STEM and schools and partner sure. with schools. And they, they do things like this, buy products, and they'll fund uh, machinery or different uh, whatever products for schools. So that's something that um, would probably be helpful. To meet with the big companies. To meet with companies and people that actually could work with us. Because it is our dream to put a printer in every school in Louisiana. We see every school should have one. And now there are companies out there that are trying to do that. And we found it amazing that one company decided they were going to give a 3D printer, 100 of them, around the country. And it cost them $6 million. I was like... Cost them $60 million six to million. do... $6 million. $6 million to I do said 100? to do 100 printers? That's wow. crazy. We could almost... A little bit more than that, we could put one in every school in Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, you know, I don't think our dream's too big. I think we can accomplish it. It's just like any business, everything just has to work in line and fall in place and right timing, typically. Yeah. What about getting financing? Have you all had trouble doing that here, or how are you? For us to build our business? Mm -hmm. No, we self-funded. Self-funded? Right. No, no So you debt. haven't had to go out to the market no. or no. no angel investors or no. VC capital? Not yet. Do you see that coming? Probably. I do see it coming and probably expected. Hopefully this year, we're teaming up with other companies that do education technology um, vendors mm -hmm. that, that are already in schools, and that's going to probably help us a lot. What kind of revenues are y'all doing at this point? Wow, that's a hard question. This <laughs> year was tough, because uh, what we did over the summer is we really hit hard every school district here in Louisiana, and the flood happened. Oh, right. So it hurt. So a lot of schools that we really focused on, we actually had meetings set up to sell printers, uh, just decided to back off, and of course, you have, a, you have to put up walls. Mm -hmm. Buying a 3D printer, I think it would raise the public's eye a little bit. So this year was kind of tough. Um, first couple of years were, you know, just like small businesses trying to get off the ground. First couple of years was set with actually putting out beta machines to letting people give us feedback. You know, how do you like it? What do we need to change? Would, you know, would you buy one? Would you buy another one? Stuff like that. So, it, you know, we're starting to kind of see a, a growth already this year. So that's good. What is the, so what's the long-term 
growth plan for the next five years? Well, I think we're going to probably be in every parish school in the next five years in Louisiana. Uh, but we also want to expand outside Louisiana. But we want to start here because our approach is not just to go put out a product and say, see you later. Our approach is to say, here's a product. We are here for you. We know you're going to need help with this in every way. So we want to start that. And it's going to take us a little while to get there. Um, but we want to expand southeast region, Texas, all the way to Florida, um, not just in 3D printers. We do want to make more industrial 3D printers, but different products, especially uh, information that people can use for uh, 3D printers. But we'll see because things change very quickly for a small business, so we don't know what product. Well, and things change so fast in the world of Correct. technology. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems does. like the, the 3D printers that were maybe the big thing five years ago, I'm sure, have already evolved. Um, to a degree. I mean, the process, 3D printers have been out for 30 years. So Why the, did we just start hearing about Because them? of the patents. The patents expire. You hear, you're hearing about desktop 3D printers, what they call it. There's two classifications, industrial and desktop. And desktop is the one that's more affordable that you can buy for your home. You know, uh, 2006, you couldn't do that. Interesting. Without a sm spending a small fortune. What is your exit strategy? Is it to become the biggest 3D printer manufacturer in the, in the country, or are you hoping to sell out to someone? Or? We haven't thought about selling out because we're, we're really trying to just, we love it. Yeah. I mean, we really love what we do, uh, making machines and helping people. I, I'm more on a 3D model and tech support side, so I love helping people, you know, figure things out, uh, going to schools and training them. That's kind of what we do. So I don't, we never really thought that four hit us for us if we sell out to someone because 3D printing is where we started. I don't think that's where we're going to end. We're going to do a lot more. Mm -hmm. So you're having fun doing what you're doing. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Just if tired. you could change one thing about Baton Rouge or South Louisiana, since that's where you're doing business right now, what would it be attitude wise or culturally? You know, it's, it's tough because I was trying to think about that yesterday. I was like, what would I change? Baton Rouge has a stick and Louisiana has a stigma that we're far behind everybody. We kind of are, but I mean, with the boom of technology and iPhones and information, it gets there pretty quick now. And uh, we're, we're hearing people that know us. We'll meet them in different events. They already, they've heard about us. And, um, it takes a few times for people to hear before they buy a 3D printer because it's an investment. And the great thing is with mm -hmm. all these events, they're now coming to us and mm -hmm. say, hey, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. So um, our, since our target is the education market, yeah, it, I'm not going to say it's been easy, but we know that's our niche. So we're sticking to it and kind of just going to that. Um, we see what we'll build specific machines for industrial, uh, maybe even hobbyists later. But th there's a race in the 3D printing world, race to the bottom to make the cheapest 3D printer. <laughs> We're not going to be involved in that okay. because you're going to give 3D printing a bad name, and we see that. Well, it sounds like you're on your way, Craig. Baton Rouge is fortunate to have such a talented scientist and engineer in its midst, and I think there's a lot of potential for your company. So we'll look forward to tracking your progress over the next few years. Thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My guest today on Out to Lunch has been Craig Billings, co-owner of Acadian Robotics. You can find out more about Acadian Robotics by following the links on our website, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. 
You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All of the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com.